welcome to Top Trio. I have a special podcast tonight. I have Jamie on here from RF4RM, their podcast network. I'm very excited to have him on. It's Jamie, aka Bat Raider Drooly. What's up, man? Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, glad to be on the show. I mean, you and I have talked for a while. This is kind of our first uh, true vocal interaction. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I don't know how special I am, but uh, I'll take it. Let me tell you something about Jamie. Jamie, once once we get started on anything, like it, we start laughing, you know, we start hitting each other with the dead gifts and everything else, man. Jamie's good people. He's a Raiders fan. I'm a Broncos fan. But, you know, for tonight, we're going to put our differences aside and try to have a good podcast. Well, we're, we're into OSF, so the Raiders-Broncos thing really doesn't mean anything right now. So uh, Yeah, so right now, our, our main goal is to uh, cheer for the Rams and hope for the best, so. My main goal is to just simply declare another year with no championship in the NFL. I'm getting sick of doing that, but that's the way it is. <sighs> uh, you know what? We're going to the podcast because as a Bronco fan, and you know, I'm trying to be nice, but as a Bronco fan and a Bronco fan, I want to say something ignorant. But I'm going to be good, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jamie, so I got a couple questions for you. So one thing about Jamie is he's very adamant about the DC universe in general. Um, he said his name, his nickname is Bat Raider. Um, anything Batman related, I know he's on it. You can say Batman on Facebook, and he's the first person to reply. It's like sending up my bat signal ones, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, question: Is Batman your favorite character? Batman is my favorite character. Has why been is, for years. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, I grew up loving superheroes as a small kid. Uh, you know, I I watched the Hulk show at my my grandparents' house. You know, my my parents would go out. I think it was Friday nights. I'm pretty sure it was on. Uh, Oh gosh, CBS maybe. And, uh, you know, I, I'd watch the Hulk show, the Bill Bixby Hulk show over at my grandparents' house every week. And, uh, you know, back then in syndication, you'd have the, the George Reeves Superman black and white TV show and the Super Friends cartoon and the Batman 66 show, all those running in syndication. So I, I had a fair amount of exposure to these characters. Uh, you know, the, the classic Spider-Man cartoon with the, the famous theme song that, that everybody knows. I mean, that played you know, pretty frequently. Uh, I had Mego action figures for tons of these guys and no, I don't still have them. So don't be trying to break into my house and steal my stuff. please. <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, I, I've always been into superheroes and star Wars like that. Okay. Superhero star Wars and like King Kong was my first true love that I can remember. So like those things combined are like my, my essence. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd always been a fan of Batman. I'd always liked Batman and I'd, I'd read a little bit here and there, but not anything consistent. But then after I'd been collecting for a couple of years, of all things, the great debate that still carries on to this day happened because this friend of mine was a huge Batman nut. And you know, again, I like Batman, but I think at that time I, I should have been considered more of a casual fan than anything. Uh, he said something about Batman kicking Superman's ass. And I was like, I don't see how that's possible. How can he possibly beat Superman? And he <laughs> handed me the Dark Knight Returns and said, read this. And after I read the Dark Knight Returns, I fell head over heels in love with the character of Batman like I never had before. And it just stuck with me from that time. And that was probably 1987 or 88, oh, wow. somewhere in there. So, I mean, this was even before the Batmania, of the, the first Keaton movie kicked in. So, I mean, I, I got on board with it then and I, I, I gathered as much Batman content as I could, both in comics and, and TV and everything else. And, and I was just, it became an obsession. 
Like I had a closet with 13 different Batman t-shirts in it. And I would wear a different Batman t-shirt to school every single day. Ask anybody wow. I went to school with. They'll, they'll, when, matter of fact, the summer between eighth grade and, and freshman year in high school was when Batman 89 came out. Oh man, and, that must be a good year. Oh man, it was crazy. <laughs> it was great. But uh, after I'd seen the movie, I went and got the bat symbol shaved into the back of my head. So like everybody I <laughs> talked to from high school, they're like, hey, you remember when you used to have that bat shaved in the back of your head? It's like, yeah, I'd still do that, but I've got too much gray, so I just shave it all off now. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a quick uh, picture of uh, Jamie a second ago. I, I always talk to him through text, so it's it really weird to actually see a face behind the text. So I'm a little, I'm a little uh, petrified for the next few weeks, so I'll oh, get did over you see it. my white feet or something? <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna send you some donuts man i got plenty of them <laughs> uh yeah so just some people uh, laugh the others need an explanation yeah so there's a there's a side thing to this so um i was invited to a afc west oh sorry official afc west trash talk group make sure i say official there's a couple of groups out there but this is the official one and um i had a tendency to like kind of like argue with new newbies coming in and I, you know, it's kind of like an initiation thing. You kind of like you want to see if they're tough enough to handle the trash talk. Yeah, and a lot you, of people, you, you got to dump the movies <laughs> into this place because you got to see how they take it and roll with it. And if they can't take it and roll with it, they need to go. That's just how it works. Yeah, and it's like you know, and we try to be nice at first, and then people start showing the true colors. So we're like, you know what? Let's go ahead and push them out the door and see how far we can get. And this guy, um, I guess I was just asking questions, and he took it upon himself to like continue to talk to me, but he banned all the admins, everybody else in the group, but he just want to talk to me directly and make his directive to make pictures about me by me being fat and having white feet and everything else. So <laughs> I had a poncho on, I had a sombrero, I was sitting on the donkey. I'm sorry, it's still funny. <laughs> then he's like, I had one, he's like, oh, I got chubby cheeks. So he put me one as a, like, oh, I guess I was fat bastard in a donut bath and yeah, he uh, he found his way out the group real quick, but it, it was hilarious, and I, I really he did, respect. But he left us with some fantastic <laughs> memories, though. I respect Jamie and him for what they do over an official trash talk, um, AFC West trash talk. They handle a lot of BS, but this one particularly is like this guy went out on top. You know, we don't have a lot of guys going on top, but he made a lasting impression that I will never forget. I no longer had pigment in my feet. Most of you guys know that I'm a, a very sexy, uh, dark skinned uh, fellow. And my feet are actually white now, and I can't get away from it. So, well, I mean, to turn this into the Scrubs Appreciation Podcast for just a minute, you are my brown bear, sir. Almost oh, definitely. So, um, question: Why is there a pancake in a silverware drawer? Then <laughs> that's not the silverware drawer. That's the pancake drawer. <laughs> See, you, you, if you got to watch Scrubs, then shame on y'all. If, if you don't watch Scrubs, hang up now and go watch Scrubs and come back because you don't want to listen to us if you don't like Scrubs. Yeah. Don't watch the final season, though. No, don't no, no. Season no, before, that was it. You ain't got to yeah. watch the final season. Okay, well, once, so. Once JD leaves, so should you. It's that simple. Yeah, uh, very much so. So, okay. Um, so, you know, Jamie's favorite character is Batman. Uh, I kind of piggyback off of that. My favorite character is Nightwing. I love Nightwing. Um, I just Batman feel like. Mike. I mean, he, he is like, he's the first Robin. He's definitely the successor, in my opinion. There's some other ones that I think Tim is probably the best Batman successor in my opinion but i love nightwing for who he is and who dick is because I, I love the fact that he is so indecisive he's batman but he's so indecisive and he does not know what he wants to be and i love it 
And that's the one thing about Nightwing. Like, I've watched all his relationships. I've seen all his downfalls. I mean, he is a great leader, but, you know, it's like one day he wants to be Batman, next day he doesn't want to be Batman. He has an issue with Batman. He has a really bad issue with Batman for some odd reason. I mean, I'm sure Barbara's involved with it, but it's like he really hates Batman. Like, he really hates Bruce for, like, and it's really never really touched upon, like, what Bruce really did outside of making him be Robin. Like, there's really nothing else out there. There's things that I can really touch on, but it's like he just has so so much regret toward Bruce. And this millionaire took him in, gave him a home, taught him how to fight, you know, show him how to you you know how to push his anger out. I mean, and it's like, how can you hate this guy? He gave you a better life, and then you just all of a sudden you don't want to be a part of it. So, and and I think a lot of that depends on what era or or writer is behind it. Yeah, because I mean, I I haven't read a lot of the early Nightwing stuff when when it was you know the the was it Wolfman and Perez did that Titans run back in the early eighties? Yeah. Like Judas Contract. I, I've read Judas Contract. I haven't read anything before or since. Judas Contract is amazing. Yeah, it, it's a good story. It really is. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it, there have been so many. You know, I'm, I'm using air quotes here. Reboots of, <laughs> of DC characters in the last thirty years. That I mean, it, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you where that track leads off of why he left i mean i, I i'm yeah. not familiar at all with with what originally triggered that or even some of the more modern interpretations uh, you know i'm i'm i got out of comics for a few years mostly because of money and time and everything else but uh i got back into reading trades in about it must have been 2008 because the dark knight reignited my love for comics so for for years i just read like trades of of big arcs that i'd maybe missed out on uh got hooked on the walking dead, which that's still, man, I tap my veins every month waiting for that book. To come out. <laughs> still my favorite book every month. Yeah. Nobody, uh, nobody watches the show anymore, but yeah, but I hear the show. Comics I, I don't know anything about a show. I just know. The okay. Book. Yeah, yeah. Nobody talks about that anymore. So All right. uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but this uh, is crazy. Yeah. But what I will, I, I, what I will say is the um, RF four RM network. They got me to respect Tim Drake. I had a really bad issue with Tim Drake, and I just thought that he was like one of the weakest Robins. I thought that he was just a horribly written character. And then, you know, Jamie got me onto Detective Comics, and I saw a new Tim Drake. I thought Rebirth did a great job with Tim Drake. I, I fully agree with that. And part of that is because I think James Tyne in the fourth is a fantastic writer. Yeah. Uh, he, he ran that detective run basically from the start of Rebirth up until about a month ago. Well, no, I, I take that back. He left, and then uh, I want to say James Robinson did a, a quick arc, maybe five or six issues, and then uh, Peter Tomasi has just recently taken over in about the last three issues. And boy, let me tell you, that run is is wow! It's it's incredible so far. So I mean, if you want to get caught back up real quick, hit about nine ninety four. That's when Tomasi started, and roll with it. The yeah, last thing I saw spoilers is I saw with. Um... Batwoman and Clayface. Last thing I saw, and I haven't haven't read since. So that was right about the time Tynan left. Okay. So yeah, I mean you're you're basically up to date on his stuff. He recently, uh, probably four or five months ago, started on JL Dark, which has been a magnificent book, and he's been doing a lot of co-writing with Scott Snyder on the Justice League main book as well. Oh, so as, now as a, as, as a matter of fact, with the new the Justice League book since Scott Snyder took over, I think it's every five issues or so they switch to the perspective from the Justice League to the Legion of Doom and Tynan writes the Legion. Oh, that's Legion awesome! Of Doom stuff. That's awesome. Yes, that, it's, yeah, it's good. yeah, that's 
Okay, yeah, that's one thing. I definitely fell off of comics this last year. Um, I got, definitely got to get back on. Like Detective, like, for Rebirth, Detective and Teen Titans are probably my top two for all the Rebirth titles that I've oh, read. God. So Don't even get me started on Rebirth recommendations. That's a whole show. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I got all even for that. J but Jamie, if you guys are interested, I will put uh, the links to uh, his pages on Facebook and the podcast and stuff. Any recommendations, Jamie will hook you up. I have reading material over, over top of reading material that I need to read. Yeah, it's like every day I check in on him to make sure he's he's up to current reading status on it. And he 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 slacks off, but that's yeah. okay. You know, everybody's got stuff to do. Yeah. But uh, to to the Tim Drake thing, though, I, I gotta say, in in defense of a lot of us, I'm old enough that, I mean, when I got into to reading Batman pretty heavily, Jason or excuse me, Dick was already gone, and Jason was the Robin, and I could not stand Jason. We all got I Jason one of the killed. people that called to make him go away. Okay? <laughs> we all I, did that. I called the number. I'm partially <laughs> responsible for his demise, and I'm proud to say it. So the fact that Drake came back around to the to the Batman mythos as quickly after Jason had passed, I mean, it, it wasn't very long at all. You, you knew where it was going immediately. I mean, they, they weren't trying to be sly about it. And then he just kind of, you know, fairly – fairly quickly developed into, you know, the, the next Robin. And, yeah. and I think that he became a part of so many fans soft spots because he was more like Grayson than he was like Todd. And most of us yeah. reading at that time really could not stand Todd. Most of the people that called that number to save Robin's <laughs> life were just people who didn't <laughs> want Robin dead. They didn't even understand who Jason Todd was. It was just yeah. one of those things. You know, like people got mad when Superman died in 1992. You can't kill Superman. It's like, when was the last time you read a Superman comic? 1968. Sit down and shut up. You don't get to say here. Man. So, you know, it, it, it was, to me, I, I guess I should only say I'm speaking for myself here, but to me, <laughs> that's why I appreciated Drake was because he was such a drastic improvement over Todd. Now, Todd yeah. has since become a much better character as Red Hood. Oh, I yeah. certainly can see that. But as Robin, he was horrible. Horrible. And I think, you know, the issue, I like the way DC's going with this because it's just like, you know, when you look at Dick Grayson in a sense, like his Robin is so well, well renowned, renowned, and it just, it's really hard for anybody to come up, kind of like Batman, you know, everybody is, you know, a lot of people have like worn the mantle, but there's only one Bruce Wayne. And like with, you know, Robin, it's like, it's really hard to be like, you know, this boy, Dick Grayson was the original Robin. This is the one everybody grew up with, everybody knows. And then you start bringing in all these other counterparts. And I mean, that's how I respect him because I'm just like, I thought he was a cheap knockoff. And then, you know, Detective Comics really gave him his own, like his own area to grow as a character. And he really came out of Dick's shadow. And that's the one thing I really appreciate. So, but yeah, um, I know you brought up Zack Snyder. So this is uh, another topic that I would love to get your uh, viewpoint on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jamie is, um, he loves the... DC Extended Universe, DC Universe, uh, DCU, whatever it's called. Um, More or less, if it's got DC in front of it, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, much a fan. Anything so. DC. So, you know, right now, this is the state of the movie universe. Um, you know, a lot of things has happened. We actually got some news today. Um, but, Jamie, tell, tell, give me the state of, uh, from your opinion, what the DCU is at, at currently. Uh, I, I think they're making steps in the right direction as far as general audience appeal. I mean, Aquaman yeah. certainly is making the case for that. I mean, it, the thing's well north of 300 million domestic. 
It's north of a billion dollars. It just this past week became the highest grossing DC live action film ever released in theaters, beating The Dark Knight Rises, which is both a, a happy and sad moment for me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's it's proven success. Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, a couple of years ago, basically kind of did the same thing. And, and her domestic box office was like insane. 400 and... 14, 412, 414, something like that. Look, we, we do these these shows on, on our podcast network, Real Fans for Real Movies, Holy Backcast, all these other ones. And uh, every year for Real Fans for Real Movies, we do a summer box office preview, and then we do a summer box office recap. And during the preview, we make our domestic box office predictions. And that year, I said Wonder Woman was going to make $410 million domestic. And everybody else on that show laughed me right <laughs> off the microphone. They're like, you're insane. This thing will never crack 250, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, the, that movie became the little engine that could. Every day I'd check the box office mojo. And every day it was that much closer. And I was like, go, girl, go. And, uh, you know, I, I wound up. That's that's the only box office prediction I've gotten right in like five years of doing this. So you know, I'm not patting myself on the back for anything but that. But uh, that that was a crowd pleaser. Most, yeah. most people generally, you know, obviously general audiences accepted it. You don't make that kind of money on a movie if general audiences are not pleased with the product. Uh, and Aquaman is the same way. Yeah. And I, I know we, we can argue the semantics of what was a success or what was not. But the fact of the matter is, with the possible exception of Justice League, all of these movies have been financially successful. Have yeah. they been as financially successful as a lot of the Marvel films? Well, I mean, if you look at the early Marvel films, yeah, I think they have. Yeah. Uh, current Marvel films, no, no, I don't think they have because they don't have that mass appeal. But uh, to, to say that they haven't been financially successful, I think Man of Steel did, I want to say like $600 million globally. Yeah. That's not like gangbusters, but it's not a, a failure. No, not by it, far, no. Not financially. Now, critically speaking, it is a whole different matter on these films because they, they've taken so much flack. And, you know, I, I didn't want to believe at first that there was any kind of bias against these movies. But oh, yes, as time has gone on and I see more and more of these bloggers show up in, in the Internet, uh, they, they know anything that has a DC tag in front of it is going to draw attention, positive or negative, And they know the negative draws even more attention to what they're doing. So. I mean, the stuff gets firebombed and you know what? Some of these people have legitimate opinions and, and they yeah. don't like it. And I get that. Cause these, these man of steel, Batman V Superman, those two, especially, yeah. uh, you know, suicide squad to a, a similar degree, but not quite as much because that one was gangbusters on the box office as well. Yeah. Uh, th these movies are, are very polarizing and it, it's, it's almost split down the middle as far as who likes them, who doesn't, yeah. you know, I, I get that. The, the, the Man of Steel took a different approach, and Batman v Superman, instead of trying to course correct, they doubled down on that approach. So fans that, that came out of Man of Steel feeling less than excited about it came out of BVS going, well, screw these guys. This is just what they're going to do with the whole universe. This isn't what I want. Now, yeah. some of us appreciated it. Some people did not. But uh, it, it's... I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. But I think having Walter Hamada take over for the DC films yes. was a stroke of genius because this guy can maintain a budget and and just, I mean, he, he can oversee everything and make it profitable. Like the, the word on the street right now is the Birds of Prey film is going to have about a, I think it's about a $68 million budget. Oh, okay. 
this movie could very well the first week be on the profitable black side of that. I mean, yeah. that's it's it's not going to take a lot unless that thing is a complete can of crap. I don't I don't know your language policy, so no. I'm trying to be a little bit. Yeah, it, I mean, as long as you as long as you don't use the f bomb. So so with the f bomb, uh, we do we give out one card a, a season. So if you want to use the f bomb, you got to state them using the f bomb, and then you, that's your one card for the season. I don't mind shit, damn, and all the other okay. stuff. So. All right. I, I'm I'm trying to behave because I try to keep things yeah. PG thirteen as much as possible. That's cool. But uh, now I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Uh, you were talking about uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah. So unless this thing is a complete can of crap, I don't see any way that's not going to be hugely successful financially. Critically, I mean, flip a coin on that at this point. But uh, you know the the. Joker the cast, film, yeah, the, the cast the, for the Joker, Gray, man. Good oh my grief. god, that cast looks so good. I mean, those, those. Uh, I mean, you can call it again. I'm using the air quotes again. I know that's good for radio. Uh, the teaser that dropped a couple days ago for oh, that yeah. had the the internet in a tizzy, and you know, my boy Andy that I do Holy Backcast with, he said, "Well, you can almost guarantee that spy photos are coming tomorrow because if they release this costume test stuff that they did, that means they're going to be shooting outdoors." You watch. And sure enough, the next day, like clockwork, just like he said, here comes all those photos out of Margot Robbie and the guy that's playing Victor Zaz and, and all that other stuff. So, uh, yeah, that 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 cast, I think, is solid. I, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. I, oh, I think yeah. Oh, that, that is a that is a perfect role for her. The Journey Smollett Bell, I think her name is. I don't know her from anything, but uh, I, I think she looks great so far from what I've seen. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. But, uh, you know, they got that. They've got that Todd Phillips Joker movie, which is completely out of continuity. I understand yeah, that. I'm, I'm, th I'm, this I'm, is a, a $50, $60 million movie. Again, not going to be very hard to recover a budget like that. Nah, not at all. And, and and this is, you know, Andy and I have talked about this on, on our show, and, and I'll certainly express it here. Not every superhero movie needs to be a $250 million high-scale <laughs> special effects epic. It, it simply does know. not. Sometimes smaller is better. Like uh, th there was months ago rumors about the uh, fellow that did the, the raid films doing a Deathstroke movie. Yes. This is, this is a $60, $70 million movie easily. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 I mean, there's no reason in the world the movie should be higher than that. And I got excited as can be about that because that appeals to me. A Deathstroke movie doesn't need to be a, a special effects CGI fest. I mean, oh, it, it, for, for the record, you know, I, I know this is probably never, never going to happen. But the end of um, was it Justice League? Mm -hmm. Well, when they showed, um, they handed it the Legion of Doom. Oh my goodness, bruh! Yo, Deathstroke looked amazing, straight out of a comic book. Well, I mean, do do you remember a year or so before Justice League even came out? Ben Affleck showed that that screen test footage of Deathstroke. Yeah, it was like a costume test, and I saw that, and I about fell out of my chair. And I'll just, you know, you know, going back to Justice League, and um, I'm playing devil's advocate. I absolutely love Justice League. I think it's a complete mess, but it's just like there's so many things like I look at it, and you could tell they had to create differences, you know, with the two directors. You could tell that it was two different. They were trying to be Avengers, and they were trying to be DC. I, mm -hmm. I see it. But, man, it's like I keep on looking at what could have been. And, I mean, I, you know, outside of Flash running, I didn't think Justice League was a bad movie. It was heavy on CGI. But I mean, I enjoyed the movie from start to finish. I think it was very, very extremely rushed. You could tell they 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 were just jumping from point to point to point. 
Well, I, I, I don't. I don't think the movie itself was was actually rushed. I think the the massive amount of reshoots and changes yeah. that they made last minute certainly gave that that off to the film. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know why Warner Brothers. I mean, it, it was Sujahara or whoever it was running things at the time. This was this was obviously pre Hamada. Yeah. Uh, they they just all of a sudden three quarters of the way into production or or more even. I mean, I look. I know. The tragedy that happened with Zach's family, and that's yeah. terrible. And I don't want to make any light of that at all yeah. whatsoever. On to the next, yeah. <laughs> but, but, to, for him to have been that close, and for them to decide to just change so many things about the film, yeah. just simply doesn't make sense to me. And and you, of course, we've got the whole you know hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement out there. And you know what, people do your thing. I'm 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 not holding my breath that that's going to happen anytime nice, soon. I, I know people out there claim to have information and whatnot, and, and I've heard things myself behind the curtain. So I, I, I know this particular thing exists in some form or another. I just don't know how quickly they're going to put it out there for general audience consumption, you know, yeah. home video, what, whatever the case may be. So that, that's, that's beside the point. Yeah. My, my point is for Warner Brothers to be behind Zack Snyder, I mean, he was – I want to the I had heard he was like the fourth or fifth choice to do Man of Steel. He wasn't even top tier choice for them to do Man of Steel, and he did the movie. And the movie sat on the shelf for the better part of a year before they yeah. even released it. And then they gave him basically full control of Batman v Superman, and he did what he was going to do with that. And then Ben Affleck came in and said, "Yo, if I'm coming in to do this, I'm bringing Chris Terrio with me." Yeah. And Terrio overhauled batman v superman so yeah. look, i know people want to point the finger at snyder for this but this nah. ain't all on him guys and, and people and people have seen the snyder cut for b versus s and it really paints a totally different picture and it, it's a more complete clarity. Film. It's, it's the clarity complete. like i was like wow the attic i'm like this makes sense now i'm not lost anymore like right. I, 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 it's it's a more complete film and it absolutely paints a better picture of superman's character arc for oh the yeah entire because it's like because that's what happened. They were trying to build Batman so much and make him part of and everybody else to where Superman was a was a second thought. And then I saw the Snyder cut and I was like, okay, soups. Okay, I, I understand now. Okay, I, I see we're on the same page. I see what your motive is. Yeah. But then you know, Justice League, they Snyder had an idea to do a two-part Justice League story. And of course, yeah. we we've heard rumblings of what that was gonna be with you know apocalypse and, and Batman dying at the end and all that other stuff, which you know that to me sounds very intriguing. Yeah, but uh they decided you know to change that around too. And I don't know how much involvement Terry or whoever else you know had in that. So they they let Snyder revamp it kind of under his own vision. But then at the last minute, they decide they're going to pull that rug out from underneath him and then change everything. Here's the problem I have with this. Yeah. If you didn't want him to do it this way, you should have got rid of him after Man of Steel. Agree. I if totally you, agree. If you're going to let the guy carry out that vision, Justice League was essentially you know, the end of that phase of the DC movies to make the Marvel parallel. Yeah. Which I hate doing comparing the two companies because they're, they're <sighs> to totally me, different. apples and oranges for the most yeah. part. You know, and, and I, I like more Marvel than I don't. So please don't take this as me dissing Marvel. I'm, I'm just a DC guy. That's just how it works. But uh, to me, WB shot themselves right in the foot with that deal because not only did you alienate your general audience already who were tense coming into this thing by, by giving them basically a, I mean, I, I like Justice League. I really, really like that film. In fact, I dare say I do love most of the film. 
but they shortchanged the general audience and gave them a half-assed finished product. And by doing that, they also alienated all the Snyder diehards. Now, are they a minority compared to the general audience as a whole? Yes, but they're the reason that Batman v Superman made 800 and some odd million dollars at the box office. Justice League did not get close to that number as far as I can remember. I want to say they got 500, 600. I, I don't remember. It, it wasn't nearly that much. So at the very least, I think Warner Brothers owed it to Zack Snyder and to Zack Snyder's fans and fans of the DCEU as the state it was already in to just let him finish that project off. And if you wanted to do something different, start after that, or like I say, get rid of him clear back in 2013 when Man of Steel got the reactions that it did. Totally agreement. And um, last thing we we'll say about the DCU, uh, DC Universe, I don't know, whatever it's called, DC movies. It's called DCEU. That's, that's what yeah, most people know. Yeah, extended universe. Yeah. Um, I think Shazam looks absolutely stunning. I am super excited for Shazam all the way. I'm all the way in. I, I, I totally think this movie is going to, I think they're marketing it right. I think they have the right actors. I just think that it's going to, I think it's going to be one of DC's best films just for the fact that they're going to be able to tailor it to kids and kids are going to eat it up. I, I really think they're going to hit this one out of the park. Cause again, yeah. this is all rumor and speculation that that's out there. And again, Hamada is known for tight budgets and control. Yeah. He basically oversaw new line with the, the conjuring films and stuff like that. I mean, the first conjuring, I, I forget what the numbers were I think the thing was made for like 3 million bucks and it grossed over a hundred million in the U S yeah. box office alone. So it's insane. He, he, Hamada knows how to get those budgets, right? Yeah. So the, again, the the speculated budget for Birds of Prey is sixty eight million. The speculated budget for Aquaman, I've heard anywhere from one sixty to two hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, price and that that, that movie, I mean, that lit it up immediately. So the the speculation for Shazam is somewhere in the hundred to hundred and twenty million dollar range. So again, it's not going to take a lot for this thing to get into the black for that that profit oh, margin. Yeah. And if this thing hits anywhere near the cord that, say, Wonder Woman or Aquaman did, I mean, it's it's game on at that point. I mean, for a character like Shazam, you know, not Shazam, sorry, Captain Marvel. I, I can't say Shazam, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, it is, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, a character of that nature, it's, it's kind of, it's going to end up having that Guardians of the Galaxy feel. You know, no one knew how Guardians of the Galaxy was going to do in the box office, and it just... It captivated like in the first week it didn't do very well and then people started talking about it and then it was just like i gotta go see this movie in the like, second week it just like it was dramatic how much of an increase in you know in revenue it got within one week just for people people talking about it and one thing about shazam is um the actors in general i mean everybody loves these actors the, the guy the little boy who's playing billy baston is my kids watch him on a show called andy mack and they're like excited to go see him. Like, so they they don't even know anything about Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever, but they're excited to go see this kid. So, I mean, like, they're really going to tailor the kids. I and mean, my daughters are 11 and seven, and they're like, I want to go see him in the movie, you know? It's amazing how that works with those kid show actors getting into a, a feature film and whatnot. Yeah. And, or or Smart. even another, another level of television because my daughters got into Black Lightning because of, uh, what's her name, China Ann Phillips? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, um, she, she was on some Disney or Nickelodeon show that they watched, and that's why they got into Black Lightning, and now they watch it every week with me. So yeah, I've watched her grow up since she was like four or five years old. She used to be on um some Tyler Perry show years ago, and I've watched her grow as an actor. I'm just like I'm so happy for her. Like I mean, she does an amazing job on Black Lightning too. So everybody does an amazing job on Black Lightning because yeah. it's an amazing show. 
Yeah, except, except, for, except, for, except for Khalil. He can't act very well, but uh, everybody... um, <laughs> Black Light is a whole other discussion. Y'all don't want to get started. It's on okay because Tobias has his back. Yeah, he does. Um, that's the... <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going to say I'm black lightning and I'm going to move on. I still maintain Tobias Whale is the best villain going in any medium. Oh, going. Now what I got to do, I got to tell people, I say, you know, I mean, the longevity, I got to go with my boy Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor. But it just Tobias is just killing it. And and I feel really feel bad for Black Lightning to show. I hate to get into this because I don't there's not a lot of hype behind it. Nobody's talking about it. Like, I'm I'm shocked that this show of this magnitude like the first season everybody was all about it and then like i don't know if like, i hate to be this way I hate to throw this card out there but i kind of feel uh black panther overshadowed what black lightning was and i think it took a hit because of black panther and i think people kind of fell off or not and they don't understand like this show is i mean i hate to say just as good but it paints a real picture over a lot of issues going on right now currently in america and i'm just i don't know why people are not watching it and it's still just like with Black Panther, even though it does have that incredible social power behind it, it never fails to be entertaining. And yeah. to me, that's where okay, we're getting into the whole thing now. To me, okay. to me, that's where too many shows get here come the air quotes again. They get preachy and they get too much about the social message. Social forget, justice warriors, yeah. They, they forget that they're making something that is supposed to entertain the viewer. Yes. You you don't have to have those two be mutually exclusive and no. both. The, the entire crew and cast and every, everybody involved with Black Lightning, or excuse me, Black Panther made sure that that was the case. I mean, that, that movie was incredible, and I, I yeah. dearly love it. Uh, I, I think the, the crew of Black Lightning deserves commendation for that as well, because every, every single episode I'm entertained with what I'm seeing, but they also put these things out in the forefront that are yeah. generally subjects that people don't talk about. Like, I, I appreciate the show for the main reason not only do I find it entertaining and love the characters and, and the stories that they're telling, but that show and Supergirl both have brought up subjects that oh, Supergirl's were, really, yeah. It, it would be difficult for a parent to have this conversation with their kids. Yeah. But when that 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 thing gets out in a pop culture item and the and the kids are are interested in paying attention, they want to start asking questions about that. Yeah. And it makes that conversation easier when you have that transition. To, to go off of versus just having a, a, a cold conversation with the kids about subject matter like race, sexuality, and all yeah. those things. So for me, these shows are, are great that I can watch them with my kids because if they have questions, I'm happy to have the discussion. Yeah. I, I think Blackish is another one that's incredible at doing yeah. that very same thing. That and show I, has never failed to make me laugh, and, and the social message that it delivers is, is constantly very powerful. I mean, I, I would almost say that that show is a half-hour drama with a lot of comedy mixed in. What, and that's the thing, like, and that's why I tell a lot of, you know, and I'm a parent, of course, you know, I know other parents listening. Would you rather you had those discussions with your kids as they watch something instead of somebody else preaching that to them? Like, if they have a question about it, they can ask you. I mean, I would want to be forthcoming and let them know of these issues that are currently ongoing that they're going to face at some point in their life and discuss it with them, proper ways to handle it, things they need to be aware of. I mean, and I mean, it's a great learning tool as well. So that's something to say. Like it's, so, I mean, it has a social justice warrior aspect, but it's some of these things are like the first season of Black Lightning touched on a lot of issues, not bringing the politics into it, but it, it it's a lot of issues that I think a lot of young people need to be aware of. I mean, just. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I, you know, you know, we, are, we, we touched on Black Lightning. I was trying to 
get away from that, but we touched on it. We like we love Black Lightning. It's an amazing show. If you ain't watched season one, shame on you. Um, and that takes me into my next discussion because Black Lightning was amazing in this show as well. Young Justice. So we got about 10 minutes left, and I want to get your opinion on this season of Young Justice. Uh, the first thing I want to make sure I get out there up front is Forager and Halo are two of my favorite characters. Fred Buck with two Gs. Fred Buck with two Gs. You got that right. The, no, those, those characters. I, look, I know Young Justice will occasionally create a character like uh, Calder was uh, uh, created for Young Justice as yeah. far as I know. And, and he's a fantastic character. I love him. I thought Halo and Forager were created for this show. But uh, a friend of mine, Jay Yaws, he hosts the, the Comics Now podcast, which is great if you, you want some comic news or, or any of that stuff. Those guys are, are on point. I, I would certainly recommend checking them out. They're very knowledgeable. I uh, love those guys. But uh, he's like, you know, Forager, you mean this guy? And he sent me a picture, and I clicked on the link, and it turns out that uh, Forager was, I guess he was known as Bug as well, was created by Kirby for his Fourth World stuff back in the, back in the day. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. So then I was like, well, I wonder if Halo was an early character too. So I went searching for her yeah. and uh, she was around also, but she was a completely different character. I mean, like not yeah. even close, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, they, they've certainly taken liberties with her and probably for the better, no doubt, because she's a great character on the show as well. Uh, overall, this season, I've been extremely pleased because they they followed that pattern of, they can tell that long form story and, and make you feel involved in that. But every single episode can pretty much stand on its own yeah. and, and be its own thing to be enjoyed for, for that episode alone. Uh, they do things with characters that I don't even give a crap about like Lobo. <laughs> I've never even given a damn about Lobo. I, I can't stand him as a character because usually <laughs> he was like Deadpool before Deadpool even came around. He was just, you know, gruff and comedy and and just i mean he was just a, a silly character and i think if somebody someday would come around and, and you know maybe there's an arc out there i haven't read where he is more of a taken seriously character and i could appreciate him more but young justice they make a lobo that i'm into i mean he he's yeah. only showed up a couple times but when he does show up i'm at full attention because i love how they portray him so I, the way this show does character work is is so commendable to me because so many animated shows, especially, they don't take that time or effort to put into the characters. And, and that's wow. what sets this one apart from so many others is the characters are the first and foremost priority. And then the action and, and everything else comes around with that. Yeah. And I, I, I've been honest agreement. The great thing about this show, like you said, it's the character. Like me going into when Young know, Just, Justice first came out, and I was like, oh, cool. Look, he's Dick Grayson and he's Robin. I'm so excited. He's going to be one leading the team. And I totally got blindsided by the by the Calder thing, you know, and you know Aqualad, and I'm like, yo, it should, it should be Dick. Like, and over time, I'm like, yo, this dude is a really good character. You know, he ended up becoming Aquaman. But I was so happy with with, with Outsiders to watch Dick Grayson be Dick Grayson. This is one of the best Nightwings um, that I've seen animated. Like, I like the one in the in the Batman animated series. They did a really good job with Nightwing. They did a really good job with, with Dick Grayson. Um, those The latest movies like uh, Justice League versus uh, Teen Titans and, and Bad Blood, I didn't really care for him. He was all right. But like right now, like this current season, like I'm like, yo, this is Nightwing. This is this is the dick that I know. Like, you know, that's really bad to say, but <laughs> his hey, name. I wasn't, wasn't going to make that comment today. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, now they call him Rick Grayson. That's so stupid, but. 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, they're they're trying to revamp the character again. But yeah, that's, but it, I, I would just I was so happy to see him being a leader, being with who he is, trying to make decisions, and he was like totally. I mean, I, I felt so in love with his character. Like one of my favorite episodes. You know, there was a great lot of great episodes, but the episode he was in with the um with the with the Harper family, I thought that episode was well written. I thought it was perfect. It showed all of them in their, you know, in their greatness. I thought I thought Nightwing was done pretty well. I mean, Dick was done pretty well in that one as well. And I was just like, this show, like, episode like that, you you wouldn't think that type of episode would be in something like this. And it was so well done. I laugh. I felt for the characters. I'm like, you know, my boy, you know, William Harper now, a.k.a. Clone Roy, was just so well done in that episode. And I'm just... I, I'm just. I, I'm sorry. The armored truck episode you're talking about, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the one when he, he had them on like the protective service. They had to walk and they had to face. Um, was it first, brick? For, first things first, that episode was hilarious. Yeah, and I'm I'm not typically a guy who gets really into like humor heavy stuff. Yeah, but neither I mean, am I. That, that episode to me was was <laughs> hilarious. But I'm also fair. You now these episodes tend to run together for me because I watch them in blocks of three every week. Yeah, when they're released. But I think that was also the episode where Zatanna had the meeting with Dr. Fate slash Zatara. Yeah. And wow. I mean, you you go from laughing your butt off at the whole armored car chase thing to we are here for this. this, Yeah, we're here for this part. Yeah. That was... And that's the one thing about this show. Like, I I have an emotional roller coaster. So many parts. They try to be funny. Then they get real serious. They have to be funny. Then I got to sit there and watch and watch the dramatization of some things. But I'm like... It's such a, a such an emotional roller coaster. Like some cartoons, it's kind of like you know the premise through the whole show. Like even Young Justice before, before like the DC Universe app, every episode was real hardcore. There wasn't a lot of laughter. There was some few things, but like this one, they had all the, they had almost a whole decade to get it right and to really work on. It. And they had, I heard that they gave the director uh, total creativity to do whatever he wanted. He wasn't tied down to Cartoon Network and what they wanted to sell toys. Look, do whatever you want. Taylor to the fans who've been appreciative and wanted this back. And he just, he just made it a, I think every episode was perfect. In my opinion, I can't talk shit about none of the episodes. I, I don't have any real complaints to levy against this show yeah. in any season, especially not the current one. Yeah. Uh, and the, the high praise that I always tend to give to Batman, the animated series, especially the, the better written episodes is I can't believe how much material they cram into a 22 minute time slot. Yeah. And Young Justice does that week in and week out, episode in and episode out. Yeah. And they also manage to balance those tones and never yeah. make any of them feel forced or out of place. And never to me, that, that is amazing that they can do that, especially in a 22-minute time slot. And this is the issue I'm like, what's, you know, same thing happened with Titans. This is the issue I'm having with um, the DC Universe app. You guys give me content. Then you give me a humongous cliffhanger, and I have to sit here and wait Yo, give me the final season. Don't let me wait. Like, you know, with Titans, we got to wait. They gave us that that of that episode, you know, with 10 years in the future or whatever. And then with this, it's like, okay, cool. Terror has now infiltrated, the, you know, the Titans or Young Justice. Okay, cool. Guess what? You guys got to wait till June for another episode. You can't do me like that. Man, I, well, look, I mean, as Young Justice fans, we should be thankful that the wait is only between now and June as yeah. opposed to between season two and season three. Well, that's one thing I, I do like. You know, see, this show was supposed to come out last year. And it was supposed to come out on Netflix. Then they decided they wanted to put it on the DC Universe app. And it's like they kept on taking their extra time. And I had no problem with it. You know, I'm like, I'm so happy I was able to wait for an actual finished product. 
instead of them trying to rush something on the screen just to, you know, just to make money. They gave us quality work. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that Titans thing, there, there's all kinds of speculation going on there. They have indeed already filmed that final episode of that season. Thank goodness. So now this, the speculation rolls in. Are they holding that for the first episode of the second season? Or oh. are they completely redoing what they were going to do? So, I mean, that, we're going to have to wait an eternity to figure it out. But Because what, what I could see them doing is kind of what you're saying, piggybacking. I could see them starting a brand new season. Everything's in play. And they do a arrow thing where they do flashbacks. And then they come into fruition, like maybe the last episode of what really happened. I can see that happening. I, I hope that's not what happens. I hope it's not either because I hate that. Uh, but really? I, 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 I've, I, seen, I've seen it with too many. I've seen it with Arrow too many times, and it makes me sick. But I can see, I can really see them doing that. Arrow got the dubious uh, honor of being the very first DCCW show I dropped. I, I quit on it the week before the crossover episode happened. Then I watched the crossover episode, and I haven't watched another episode since. And I'm, I'm yeah. okay. I'm, yeah. I'm good. I, I think that show has essentially run its course. The, yes. the characters there are, are not for me. Uh, uh, God bless a Mel and, and what he's turned in for that. But uh, oh yeah, I, I'm not thinking they went from a Mel. He he built a whole universe and he really had the DC TV universe on his back for a long time. And he promoted it. He went above and beyond. He got people involved. And that I, guy yeah. genuinely loves his fans, which to me is is the utmost praise I can give a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, but yeah, man. Hey, Jamie, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time, bro. Well, it was a good time, man. Anytime you want to get together and do this, it's fine with me because, you know, talking about DC stuff will never run out for me. So so what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to catch up on Detective Comics and maybe we'll do a follow up and we'll do our just our run out over Detective Comics over the run since Rebirth started. Look, I'm going to submit to you right now. <laughs> get into the Tomasi run that starts. At, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's number 994 because okay. he's going to have a, an arc that leads into uh, Action Comics 1000 or excuse me, Detective Comics 1000. And, you know, he'll be the ongoing writer as well. But you can get caught up on that arc very easily because I'm pretty sure the fourth issue of the run, I think 997, just came out today. Okay. okay. So four issues to catch up on, simple reading. And I promise you, you won't be lost. And I promise you, you will love this. Okay. One last thing I got to ask you because this is, this is really important information. I left off on Rebirth Nightwing when he found out that his girl wasn't, wasn't pregnant. And he was kind of figure out how he will, you know, Dick would try to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. Has, has it got any better? Because mm -hmm. the last great thing to happen in that comic was Raptor. And once Raptor left, I don't even get it anymore. Yeah. Nothing else is going on. It's still no, bad. No, it's, it's, it's not good. This is why you get the whole Rick Grayson shot. to the uh, head. thing now. They're, they're trying to overhaul the character. They're doing the same thing with red hood. And unfortunately, uh, completely unnecessary because red hood was going strong when they, they broke that group up. So. Damn man, it just like you know, it's like I don't like I don't like Nightwing in in Titans the comic book. I don't like him in his own comic book. I'm like, don't I mean, I, you know, it wasn't a really good arc, but I like Nightwing in the um the, with the Night of the Monsters in Detective Comics. Yeah, I, I didn't care for the arc, but I mean, he, yeah. he did all right. With yeah, he did all right. I mean, it sucks that you know he got transformed and stuff. But I thought he 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 that he held himself pretty well, and I was just like. They just cannot write my character. Like I haven't seen a good run from Nightwing. It's always like the first few episodes, first few issues are really good, and then they just don't have an answer. Because I guess he's this. This is the part I hate. He's always stuck in Batman's shadow. Yeah, that's that's the sad part. Like he cannot exist without Batman. 
no, nobody knows what to do with him. That that's that's yeah. really the sad fact. Is I, I think Aquaman suffered through this for years too, and until uh, uh, Dan Abnett came along. I, I don't think anybody knows what the well. I, I, that's not fair. Aquaman, Jeff Johns really did a killer run in Fifty Two, from what I've read so far. Oh, New Fifty Two, Aquaman is amazing. The whole, Dan, oh. Dan Abnett's run in, in Rebirth, with his run just ended last month, okay, uh, has been extremely good too. But uh, anyway, the point being, I, I think Nightwing's just a character that nobody really knows what to do with. You can't get, and this is not to disrespect comic writers out there because I know these guys are, are turning out work that I could never hope to. Yeah, but you can't get an A-list guy wanting to write Nightwing because they don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I mean, and, and I give them props. The like the first maybe ten issues of Nightwing was absolutely stunning. I was so happy because I hated what hate what happened in New Fifty Two with Nightwing, and I was like, I'm done with this. Like I, I'm, they keep on dogging my boy. And then I watched Nightwing, and I read the comics and Rebirth. Like, yo, this is pretty good. I'm getting to his character, and then they just did the same thing again that they did in New Fifty Two. They just dropped off. He, he has no good villains. He has he just he's not interesting without That's Batman. The unfortunate truth. Yeah, so that's the sad part, you know. I just like I love, like I, I I crave for Batman and Nightwing interaction. Like I love it more than anything else in the world. Yeah, I mean, th there's characters out there that I really think have tremendous potential, but they just they got to get somebody that really is into it and really wants to do something special with the character in order for it to become something special that that people really embrace. I mean, I I think there's so many characters out there that. I am unaware of any really solid runs for, but I think are potentially great characters. Nightwing, uh, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I know there's some really good stuff involving Nightwing out there. I mean, Judas yeah. Contract, we already mentioned that. Yeah. I know there's good stuff like that, but I mean, I'm talking about solid arcs focusing on that character. Uh, yeah. For me, the like, you know, I mentioned Lobo, I think would be a great character if somebody would take him seriously. I think Harley could be a great character, but they yeah. basically made her into as my, this is my comic book shop guy talking, as he calls her, Deadpool with boobs. Because <laughs> that, that's pretty much what her comics have become. Or, or uh, you know, Aquaman, you know, somebody gave a shit about him and, and gave him a bunch of popularity. Uh, but that's why I was so shocked with New 52 Batgirl. It's probably one of the best comics I've ever read. Like it's, New 52, Gail Simone's Batgirl run was my favorite thing that I've read to date yeah. in New 52. It, it was. I, I haven't read it all, mind you, but yeah. It was absolutely, I was like, man, this is really like, you know, it's Batgirl though. Like, you know, I'm like, you actually hit Batgirl, like, right. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. You know, paints a different picture than what everybody's accustomed to her just being a side character. It really touched on her, like, all points. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great, great run. I absolutely adore that run. In fact, that entire run just got dropped on the DC Universe app last <sighs> week, I think it was. Yeah. So. So yeah, other things, yeah, I, I hate, you know, I'm giving free advertisement, but everybody, please get on the DC app, uh, DC Universe app. I mean, it is it is a great app. I mean, there's plenty of comics on there. There's plenty of content. I'm just like, you guys are really missing out if you're not on this app. Like, and just the index of like talking about any character you want to you want to learn about is on there as well. It's kind of, it just, I mean, if you ever just want a one-stop shop for everything DC, that's the place to go. I mean, you know, we just had this today. You, me, and uh, uh, Stephen Smith had this discussion today. Yeah. The the DC animated films that they released direct to video, yeah. same day they release on Blu-ray, they drop on the DC Universe app now. So, Reign of the Superman dropped there yesterday. Dude, I mean, yeah, I understand that. Like, that is phenomenal. Like, I just can't. You know, I don't have to go. You know, gotta go buy it digitally. I know that I pay a, a price a month or a price a year, and I get all this content, and I just sit back and relax. Look, I, I, 
I got on that early signing bonus where you got the three additional months free and everything else. So yeah. my cost comes out to about five bucks a month for this. I'm telling you, it's worth four times that if I actually put this thing to the reading and watching and everything else. My my only thing that I would change about this app so far, my only big gripe is I would like more avenues to access and I would like to be able to get yeah. on my TV. You know, I don't have an Apple TV or any of that. I've got a smart TV. I've got a smart Blu-ray player and all that good stuff. And I can't access it through those without some outside thing like a Roku or, or yeah. Apple TV. And that drives me crazy. So I have to watch everything either on my laptop or on my phone. That's the only thing I would change about it to this point. But past that, I am perfectly content to pay that fee annually or monthly or whatever you want to look at it as yeah. because there, there's more content on there than you could possibly ever get to. Andy and I, for uh, an episode of Holy Backcast the other day, just talked about the Aquaman TV pilot with Justin Hartley from back in 06 because that's on there now. Yeah, if you guys didn't see that, it's really good. If you guys know who Justin Hartley is, um, he he was Green Arrow on the Smallville and he's on This Is Us. So, I mean, the dude, it, I, I, I think he's a national TV treasure. Um, you know, I know there's some questions about his acting ability, but I think the guy has the look and I think he could pull off any superhero that he wants to pull off. So in my it's opinion, funny you say that. My, my wife got me into watching this is us like three or four episodes into the first season. And I kept watching it thinking, damn, this cat's chiseled like a superhero. I wonder why nobody <laughs> snatched him up for a superhero movie part. And then I looked up his IMDb. I'm like, Oh, this cat was green arrow. to the game. So yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. I, I dig him. I, I think he's good. I think he was really good on the Aquaman pilot. I, oh, he I, was very good. I'm shocked that he didn't get greenlit. Well, apparently it has something to do with the, that was the point where CW and some other network merged. Or Okay. It, it was WB and something else merged and made the CW, and this kind of got lost in the shuffle when that happened. Damn. Like it, it had nothing to do with the quality of the show. They just, it's one of those things that didn't carry over when that merger happened, evidently, which is really unfortunate because that show could have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I do appreciate the Aquaman that was on Smallville because he's Hawk on um, uh, Titans, too. I think he does a phenomenal job as well. In his and, and he's run. clearly worked out since then. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> before he was just big, but now he's really chiseled. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, thanks again, Jamie. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, getting the links from you. I can post it on our podcast when it goes live so people can check you guys out. Sure thing. Uh, um, if you want to drop any hashtags or any type of uh, links right now, I just want to say it over top of over your mic. You know, if, if anybody listening said it's instead of them going to the links, they can just they listen. They can just go there now. Yeah, uh, you can check out it's RF4. That's the number four. RF4RM.com. That has links to all the different shows that we have on there. We have Real Fans for Real Movies podcast. We have Holy Batcast. We have Please Rewind, which is a retro movie podcast. We have Grim Grinning Hose, which deals with a lot of theme park stuff. Uh, Taking the Bullet, which isn't terribly active, but that was a couple of friends of mine reviewing bad movies, which is hysterical when they do it because they're usually drunk out of their <laughs> minds. Uh, Disorder, which they're reviewing every single Disney animated film in order of release. They just recorded The Lion King today, and it should be hitting podcast feed shortly. That That's a fast-growing show that people really love. So we've got those. We've got uh, groups on Facebook, Real Fans for Real Movies. Uh, we've also got TV, music, comic books, uh, Real Fans groups for all those. On Twitter, we're at RF4RM or at Holy Batcast or at rewind rf4rm for various shows there you can keep track of all of them through those and if you want to follow me personally on twitter i'm at bat raider 3960 cool and um you guys know us top trio three just about everywhere you can search for it 
but yeah, thanks again, Jamie. Um, always a pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, sorry, uh, Zuckerberg took away your took away your alias Bat Raider. Man, don't even get me started. Don't, <laughs> don't. But I first met him. He, like I said, guys, he was Jamie Bat Raider Drooly, and now he's just Jamie. He's all. I got slapped down because some jack leg reported me. I ought to beat some yeah, I think we all been I think we all been reported on Facebook. Um, yeah, I've been reported just for, just responding to somebody else's re- response that was nasty. I just said football fans got too many feelings. Man. That's all there is to it. Football, hey, if you ever want to get uh, in trouble and lose your name, we got a group for you for football season. <laughs> so yeah, okay, man. Thanks again, dude. Much, much appreciated. Anytime, man. Anytime you want to do it again, you just let me know. Oh, most definitely. Have a good evening, sir.